This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hey, More Than Workers. We've been getting some great feedback from all of you out there who have been listening to our podcast as we are into almost the 40th episode of our podcast Getting back and saying they love our banter, our witty banter, our humor, all of the great comments that we all make, that Matt makes, that Bethany makes, that Don makes. And I left Diana off. I left Diana off. (laughs) I'm sure there'll be some feedback, Diana, for what you, what you say in the future. I'm not witty and that's okay. I, (laughs) I don't care. I don't care about what any of you think. Wow. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) And and we thought would be a little bit vulnerable because one of the top things we hear is that you enjoy our banter back and forth and how we are as a team. And you wanted to know a little bit more about us. So initially we thought, well, that would be incredibly self-serving just to talk about people-centric consulting group as a company and talk about our team and talk about what we do. But there's been so many people that have asked us, we thought maybe we should spend an episode and tell you a little bit about what it's like to run a consulting firm. So we're going to peek behind the curtain a little bit at people-centric and learn a little bit about what makes Diana royalty tick. What (laughs) makes Bethany Taft smile? This is the intervention. What makes Matt Griswold sit back humbly and ponder the existence of the world? What makes Don Herky confused about things? That's all things. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dive in to us as characters in this show that we call people centric and yeah. give you some insights. So, Matt, you want to you want to start us off? Yeah, and I and I think you know we've done some great topics for podcasts, but I might not be more excited ever for any of the others than I am right now. I think we're about to have some fun with this podcast. So if you tuned in, hoping to get the next great insight on your company, I don't know if this is the podcast uh, episode for you, but this will help you understand who we are just a little bit more uh, to be able to understand maybe why we say the things that we say. So we'll talk about the company as a whole, the team, and then we're going to get to the individuals here. Like who is around the table, so to speak? Who are these people that are, that are giving advice, that are giving feedback, that are talking talking about the stories that, you know, that, that are working with these clients. Who are these people? We have different roles that we play. We have different interests that we like, but together we make this powerful team called people centric. So, and Matt, I would just have to add that I'll bet for those of you who are looking for insights that in the process of listening to how we come across our insights, you will also get some insights on your own. Thank you, Don. I'm going to drop that right there. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Don. Because when Matt said that, I, and pic- I pictured myself just like turning off the episode, like, oh, well, if you're not going to give me anything valuable, I'm done now. Thank you. I pictured myself turning it up because I'm excited. <laughs> right? I know, right? We're trying to sell this show, Diana. Come on. Right <laughs> <laughs> in there. All right. So let's answer these uh, together. This first part, this people-centric, the team. So people-centric consulting group, just to give us a little bit of context, we are a four-person company that covers the ground from Alaska to New Jersey and everywhere in between. As far north to the northernmost reaches of Michigan, right? All the way to Texas and, and lots of these cool places in between. And one of the things that that uh, baffles people whenever I give my introduction, whenever I get to speak, uh, Don, I'm sure you're the same way whenever you're speaking in front of large groups of people and we say, yep, we're a four-person company that covers the country. 
people are always amazed that that we can do that. And that's another reason we thought that this episode would be good because if we were four people doing the exact same thing, we probably would not be nearly as successful as we are now, that we all have different lanes. And so before we meet the people, let's build a little context for what is it that we do? I know that you all get this and I want to make this as interactive as possible. People ask all of us, you know, okay, so what is it that we do? And sometimes it takes a lengthy explanation for, now tell me again, what what is it that you actually do? with people. So somebody give me your best, like, give me a tidbit here. You don't have to go through the whole explanation, but give us something. What do we do? What does, what does people centric consulting group do? We help you to unleash the power of your people. Now that sounds a little ambitious, right? But it's true. That's one of the things that we do. I mean, our goal ultimately is to recognize that the people that work for the company that you work for are the company's number one resource, those people. So how do we engage and empower and align those people to the vision and the objectives of the company's leadership, uh, the direction that they want to go? You know, so often we see, and, and Don, you'll get an opportunity to talk about this individually here, but so often we see this disconnect between leadership of a company and, and the workforce of the country, uh, of the country, of the company. And then we also see leadership getting frustrated at this disconnect of the workforce of the company. But then we also see that they're not really doing a great job of engaging that number one resource, the workforce that they have in order to help them accomplish the things that they want to accomplish. So a lot of what we do is just kind of connecting the dots there of the workforce with the leadership, would you say? Yeah, Matt, I mean, we know that engagement is huge to company performance. And there's lots of Gallup studies that show that when you have a team that's more engaged, that's better. In the United States right now, it's about one out of three people are engaged. That means two out of three people yeah. go to their job and they consider it a job or they hate it. That's that is an incredible that that results in billions of dollars in lost opportunities out there for businesses, and that results in lots and lots and lots of wasted time for individuals who are just showing up to work for a paycheck. So we are absolutely passionate about can we create a company where people are empowered, where they feel like they can do they can make an impact, and they're also aligned. In the direction and empowerment alignment is what people centric is at the core of it's empowering the individual but also aligning the team that says that we have to be successful as an organization together yeah diana bethany would you add anything to the what statement there bethany i always tell people that we help people enjoy their work more um and so just the idea of we spend so much of our time at work and we might as well enjoy it. That's a that's a huge portion of our life. And so I think that being able to help people with that and help people understand their why along the way, I think is a really big part of it too. Um, and helping people feel connected to that. I don't know if yeah, that that's awesome. your question. Yeah, thanks, Bethany. Diana, would you add anything? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm the process person, right? So I always tell people that we help businesses be more successful by focusing on the people inside the business. So yeah. I definitely draw it back to the company is more successful because of the work that we do with the people. I like that. And, you know, this is where to us, we're all we're all on this uh, Zoom call, by the way, we can see each other's faces. So we like to pick up the nonverbals. For us, all of this makes perfect sense. But this is not my first rodeo, right? This is not the, 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 you know, most of the time when we explain this to people on the outside, you know, you people sometimes, then then it's like, wait a second, all of that sounds great. What do you do though? Like, what exactly do you do? You know, uh, do you do strategic planning? Yep. Do you do organizational design? Yes, we do that. Do you do any leadership development stuff? Yes, we do all of that. Okay. 
okay, so wait a second. Like there's a lot of many, there's, there's many different steps that go into accomplishing the overall, you know, arching goal of getting that number one resource again, empowered online to the direction of the leadership. Don, what were you going to add? I was just going to add that the approach is really, really important. What we've seen when I first got into consulting, I started meeting with other consultants and I said, how do you do this? Tell me how you do this consulting thing. Cause I don't know. And they said, what you're going to do is you're going to go to a business or an organization. You're going to analyze what they're doing and you're going to tell them what they're doing wrong. And then you get paid for it. <laughs> and, th and then they said, sometimes everybody on our team's laughing because they've all heard this story before. And it's yeah. just not, we will go in and we will analyze and we will talk about what's going wrong, but you can't just tell and impart that knowledge. We see a lot of people that come to us as a team and say, Hey, I want to be a consultant with you because I want to tell everybody else what they're doing wrong. The problem is, is that's not how things change. There are lots of, uh, I like to use this example. There's a lot of physicians who are out of shape. They have, they know what they need to do to be healthy, but they're not in good shape. So there's some disconnect between helping organizations to change and them knowing what they need to do to change. And mm -hmm. what we've always said is let's focus all of our energy on the, the things that actually change the organization, engaging organizations, which involves not just telling them what to do differently, but meeting them where they are, partnering with them, and then letting them be, becoming a resource for them where they can pull information from us. We can offer insights and we work together in that direction because when we do that, then the companies we work with own that direction and yeah. it's more successful. I think chances are leadership of organizations, owners of companies, managers of teams have all tried to do their best to tell them what it is that they need to do in order to improve. Like you're probably sitting there and you're looking at it. I have all the data. This is what you have to do in order to improve. And then there's the, just this disconnect there that Don talked about, which kind of takes me to the why, why it is that we do what we do, because there is this disconnect, it seems like, from being able to say what it is that I, or know what it is that I need them to do, but then how do I engage them enough to where they're part of also doing it. And that's really the disconnect where, I, and I think, you know, a lot of the organizations that we work with, I think if we said, and I didn't prepare you for this, sorry, but if I, but if we said, you know, tell us what your biggest, what, what is the biggest value that you place on people centric working with the organization? And I think, I think some of that is, uh, some of that is, is being able to engage and create buy-in with the team to be able to help them accomplish those things. It wasn't the newfound idea maybe that they, that they didn't think of, you know, we work with smart, capable owners and leaders all over the place, right? They have great ideas and they have, they have, you know, the, the know-how, the business know-how there of the things they want to accomplish. And a lot of times ours is just being able to connect the dots and then bring the people along for the ride that the owners are wanting to take them on. Bethany. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I think you're talking about, we can do strategic planning and we can do coaching and we can do leadership development. We can do all these different things. And I think a lot of times leaders within organizations might know, okay, we, we need to do a strategic plan. So they're going to, they, they'll maybe approach us about that. But I think more, more times than not, we can look at that organization and say, yes, you do need a strategic plan, but you also need several other things, but it's figuring out like how they all fit together. Because I think a lot of times that leaders might know like, yeah, leadership development sounds good. Yeah, strategic planning sounds good, but how do they all fit together? And what's the timing of all of that? And what am I supposed to do with this when I have it? And how do I follow up? And there's all of those different pieces there. So totally agree with that connecting the dots piece. Yeah, great. All right, well, let's get into the individuals on this team that make this team up. And Don, I'm gonna start with you because one of the questions that that I know people always want to know, and, I, and you've maybe shared a, a glimmer of this story before, but people-centric, like, I want you to tell us your story, tell us about you, but also tell us how 
I mean, you were there from the groundworks, right? Where did this whole idea of people centric come from? What made you think about it? What made you uh, want to start that? Tell us your story, Don. So I mean, I have to, I have to say that for those of you who are thinking about starting a business or doing something like that, I think this story is going to be insightful because if I tell you like the version of the story, I would say I used to be a chemical engineer, which is true. Graduate from the University of Nebraska, go Cornhuskers, huge Cornhusker fan, which takes more work some days than others. In the last right. few years, it takes more work than it has. <laughs> a lot of Saturdays uh, crying. The, the short version, a lot of Saturdays crying uh, <laughs> and Sunday mornings too. But when I, I worked for a couple large companies, Archer Daniels, Midland, and 3M, and saw teams being successful in some places and not in others and got really interested in what causes that and saw at some point, boy, I should jump out and I think I can help organizations because I don't think that everybody recognizes how do you make teams successful? How do you really, how do you make individuals successful? And I started to see some of those patterns. I was applying them at work successfully. And so I decided to jump out and start, you know, start a company and it turned, evolved into people-centric and evolved into this team here. But that story is overly simplified. It's overly simplified. And I'm not going to go into all of the details of everything that happened throughout that whole story. But, you know, I started off just saying, I think I can help people. I think we see something. I think I can jump into different companies and, and maybe offer some things. And we've really evolved a lot over what we initially did. I found some documentation. I was cleaning up some old computers and I found some old documents from like way, 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 way back and our approaches on things. And I was just, I was laughing to myself like, wow, what, a, what an interesting approach we used to have on different things. But we've evolved so much just as a company over time yeah. in terms of our approach and have learned and evolved. And I think that's really what's made us successful is that whenever something didn't work, we evolved it and tried to figure it out. And I, I think what we do today is better than what we've ever done before. So that I think that's part of that story. Yeah, I think I think Don and I, you know, so hierarchy wise here, Don is the CEO of the company, Don is the owner of the company, theoretically, well, not theoretically, technically, Don is all of our bosses, right? So as we're asking questions, we just want you to remember that Don's our boss, right? So, but no, one of the things that I think that is impressive, and one of the things that that stands out to me, and you all can chime in, but one of the things that I hear consistently is Don's kind of an anomaly coming from this engineering world of being able to, man, really see a process and see a flaw in a process and then be able to design it to run really, really well and efficiently, but then also be able to engage large groups of people and be somewhat funny at it at the same time, right? This is all, this is the package of, this is the package of Don Harkey that people, <laughs> somewhat funny, that people love to, that, that people love to engage. And I think, you know, the leadership thing here that I think is honestly most impressive coming from a person who worked for a large company also had to really consider whether I wanted to jump over and work for this company. We'll get into that later. But for you, you were an established engineer working for some of the bigger engineering firms. And then to say, you know what, this space isn't created yet, but I think it'll work. Let me hop out and do that. And it's not like you were a single guy when you were doing that, right? You were a family man bringing income in. Yeah. My, my daughter was three months old when I left 3M. Yeah. Um, I mean, she was, she was, yeah. And, and didn't have a job yet. You know, she, right. she still doesn't to this day, even now, <laughs> you know, 15 years later, but yeah, you know, so what, what really did spark that is first of all, you, you're right, Matt, like inside of the engineering world, I was doing what I was doing, but I wasn't doing it in what I would consider to be the normal way, which was both a superpower and a weakness. And I could, I mean, I could write a book just on that part of it. Right. There's, there's times where I could utilize that, those ideas, 
for, for really good things. And there's times when it would really eat my lunch, but actually what, uh, what precipitated all of that was in, uh, the mid two thousands, my dad was actually diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. And, uh, if you know anything about ALS, you know, it's, it's, it can, it can last for a couple of years or it could last for a really long time for his, it was about two and a half years from when he was diagnosed to when he passed away. And I saw the, you know, he was very, very dedicated in, in his career and where he worked and just seeing him, you know, suddenly right before retirement, get, get diagnosed with a fatal disease gave me the moment of like, Hey, I think I'm supposed to be going and doing something different. I'm supposed yeah. to be going and doing this other thing. What am I waiting for? Like, am I waiting for my career to get so successful that I have so much money that I can't possibly fail on something? Or is there a moment here where I need to be, take a risk and jump out? And I can remember, you know, sitting, sitting at work and talking to friends and stuff and saying, I'm really thinking about doing something. I had been doing some consulting while I was at 3M and they knew about it. I was doing some that I was, but doing a little bit of moonlighting. And I, I, I shared that I was working on it and just, boy, I really love this. This is going to be a lot of fun. And then just one day, I remember I went home and I told my wife, I said, I think I need to jump out and really focus my attention on it. And uh, she said, I wondered what took you so long. You know, she, uh -huh. she, she kind of knew that someday that that would happen. But I mean, yeah, it was that transition was awful. Yeah. yeah I'd like to say it was great. I had an amazing company, an engineering consulting firm that hired me part time, allowed me to help make that transition. But I don't ever want to lie to anybody who's saying, well, this is, it's this great glory story of like, you're at this corporate five. I mean, for, 3M is a great company to work for. It's a great company. I mean, they have a, they have a great 401k. They pay very, <laughs> very well. Health insurance is fantastic. And to leave all of that and suddenly I'm borrowing money from a second mortgage, you know, right. borrowing into my retirement and stuff. I mean, there were lots of days where you're not sure where your paycheck's going to come from. So yeah. th that transition, if you're going to do something like that, you better make sure it's something that you love doing. But continuing to be out there, continuing to help people, I think was key early on, even when I didn't have anything to help people with. We, yeah. we did pro bono projects very, very early when I didn't have any money to be able to do that. Uh, I remember one project, I remember this one where we did it for meat. We got paid, the client literally paid us in meat. Like, no kidding. He came back and he was like, I literally brought home the bacon. And I was like, that's cool. I'm a vegetarian. Are we still going to get money? That does oh, not help us make payroll right now. Yeah, Don, like, but that's really, really. I great. love it. The begin, the beginnings of it, Don. I think people are probably just waiting on the book version of of this to to come through because there's probably a lot of people that are that are that are sitting there going, "Dang, I, I kind of feel a tug, and I feel like a you know there's something else that I need to potentially be doing too." That's a topic, but maybe for another day. But but I just love that leadership there. That you know and. Not because you're our boss, but you're a great leader. You're a great person to work for. And I know that, you know, if, if you just YouTube him, right? You could see some videos of him in a vest and everything like that and uh, give it some <laughs> uh, some speeches there. YouTube Don Harkey. And I'm sometimes uh, funny, as Matt yeah, says. Yeah, and sometimes funny. Hey, let me ask you, let me ask you two other two other things here. Okay, so we just talked about we're a four-person company that covers the country, right? But we have different kind of roles within the company. What is, you know, how do you like to work? Like what, are, what is your best day at work? How do you like to work with clients? I'm the kind of person that I like to have a lot of variety. 
So I like to have different things happen at different times. There's some days where I don't mind having the day where I'm just in the office by myself, catching up on things. Yeah. Um, I had a good day on Saturday. I brought home a couple old computers from work and I was going through them and like finding old files and just cleaning uh-huh. up stuff. And that's kind of a weird thing, but I wouldn't like to do that all the time. I had a good day. I mean, I'm having a good day today. I just had a meeting with a client online and then went live with a meeting. I like working in groups. I like to give presentations. I like to do keynotes. I like having one-to-ones with you guys, brainstorming new ideas. I just, I like the variety and stuff. I think that's, that's the way I like to work. All right. So let's switch gears then. What's a bad day look like for you? Bad days. You know, I also like results. So I think it's sometimes when, you know, when you're working with clients and we talk about this a lot internally, we only control half of the equation, which is what we do. There's times where we see something and maybe the client doesn't move the direction that we would like them to move. And there's sometimes it seems to happen in packs. I don't know. We've all talked about this before where you'll have like three or four meetings in a row where you're like, wow, nothing is moving forward with them. Right. Those are, those are very frustrating. That gets, that gets frustrating or working with people who sometimes come like to complain about the problems that they have, but aren't really that anxious to try to attack them or solve them. Those are, those are, those are challenging days, I think, but that's, that, that comes along as part of the work, I think. Yeah. Awesome. Don Harkey, ladies and gentlemen, um, <laughs> we, we need one of those laugh track buttons or the applause buttons, right? Applause. Oh, they're laughing. They're laughing. Yeah. They're <laughs> in the audience. All right, let's switch gears here. We're going to go over to Diana Royalty. Diana Royalty, we maybe we don't say this enough, but if we're talking about structure, we're talking about hierarchy. Diana is the COO of People Centric, and I like to say, I mean, she makes us look good from the inside out there, right? I mean, she's the one operating, you know, to to make sure that we're in the right places and doing the right things, although with Don and I, that's a full-time job in itself. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey Matt, can I tell a Diana story? Can I yeah, take this please. off of the Diana story just to kind of introduce Diana? Please, so- yeah. So we recognized like, like early in the company, I used to have a business partner and we recognized that we really just needed some help in terms of getting our stuff together. Yeah. But we were in this old rented like apartment complex, like this old abandoned apartment. It was our first office. I mean, it's, it's been torn down since then. It was terrifying. Condemnable. It was incredibly, incredibly bad. And we, we had met Diana through another friend. And here's Diana who is coming in as like, she was going to be a partner in like an architecture firm. She's not even an architect. Like she was, she was, she's like high performing, like, like professional, like she's going to take us to another level here. And I'm literally like inviting her to our abandoned apartment building complex to interview. And I was watching out the window because you had to find our place and we didn't put any signs up because we didn't want to brand ourselves at this abandoned old apartment building that we were in. And I remember Diana got out of the car and she looks at the building and then she got back into her car and sits down and she see her looking at her phone and looking at stuff. She gets back out of the car pauses for a second, goes back into her car again, looks again, and then finally walks inside. I'm glad that she decided to walk in. I, I almost didn't. She almost it didn't. Almost didn't. She almost didn't come upstairs. Scary. Almost doesn't every day for the past how many years? <laughs> <laughs> every day. Quite look look at your life, look at your choices. Yeah. Right? It depends on the day. You know, yeah. <laughs> some days I walk in more readily than others, you know, just depends. All right. Diana, tell us your story. Tell us about you. Okay, well... I don't know where to start, but this is going to be so fun because I get to pick on Don a lot in this story. (laughs) So it's going to be great. Yeah. So I was, I started my career as a teacher. I was actually a home ec teacher. They don't call it home ec anymore. They call it family consumer science, but I was an early childhood and a home ec teacher for a while. And then I went into operations. I started working for a small architecture firm. And then I was, you know, introduced to Don and, and his team and, you know, we, we talked a few times about him needing some 
operational help and things like that. And Don is an amazing storyteller and I <laughs> fell for it. <laughs> Perfect. I, you know, I, I didn't ask enough questions. Maybe, I don't know, maybe in his head, there was a lot of things built out, but I showed up on day one, ready to go. And then I realized that this company had nothing in place. Like it wasn't actually a company it was just like a bunch of stuff in don's head that sounded really cool weren't you uh one one day didn't you ask like where the file cabinet was or something like that oh my gosh my first day i showed up and i was like cool um what's the company phone number and he was like we don't we don't have a phone <laughs> and i was like oh that's weird okay now what's the file system and he was like there's no system we don't yeah, i don't, I don't even know what we would file like what are you talking about <laughs> and then i think i said like okay cool where's what's the employee manual and he was like mm, don't really no i don't we don't have that and i was like oh my that's when the panic set in and i was like oh my god oh my god i left a very good job where i was getting paid money and had stability that company had been around for like 60 years and was very successful oh. <laughs> and what am i doing here what have i done and so it was a moment of panic and i think i hid it well i don't know maybe i didn't i don't know don i didn't hide it well he's shaking yeah. his head <laughs> When you Not had to so get much. back in your car on day one, that was the giveaway. Like, is this? And I, I remember thinking when Diana left on the first day, I was like, there's about a 30% chance that we'll never see her again. <laughs> I remember thinking that, like, yeah. Well, you know, then I decided that it was a good spot to be in because I could just make up all the rules myself because they didn't have any rules. So I could just come up with all the rules myself. Yeah. So that's really where it started. All right. So, and I guess, you know, Diana, which is uh, unique from the rest of the team here, she is uh, located across the country. This is one of those things that the last year has shown us that we can do lots of companies have figured this out too. I mean, she's coming to us from the greater Seattle area there. Yeah. Has a dog named Brock that also likes to do video calls and a husband named Jimmy. So anything yeah. else you would add to those things? No, it's been a weird year. I'm so used to being close to the team that it's been weird being so far apart, yeah. but we're making it work. Yeah. All right. So uh, Diana, again, we all have different lanes or different things that we like to, to work within there. So how do you like to work there with clients or maybe just on your own? What's your best day look like? I definitely like working with clients, but I like to help them when they need process and organization and structure and goals. I'm a big like let's write it all out and make a plan and then let's follow through on the plan. So I really like that kind of work. I'm yeah, not a yeah. big brainstormer or visionary. Like if you want to innovate, cool, I'll sit in on it. But I'm really more of the like, yeah, let's get down to business and get some stuff done. So my best days at work are when I just like am able to crank through stuff and mark all those check boxes off. Man, yeah. I love a good list that I can just mark off. And again, the cool thing is the diversity that the team brings, you know, with the different things that we like to like to do. I talked about Don and Don's leadership. I would say the same thing about Diana. You know, we got to work fairly closely as well as I, you know, officially kind of reported to her and she was over the engagement team stuff. And we recognized, man, how do we work really well? And, you know, Diana and I've got a good cadence down there of how we attack you know, different organizational things there is so much so, and some of you listening probably can identify this too, so much so that we don't really have to say the words a lot of times. It just kind of things appear like they, we just get stuff done and we have this good tag team approach to it too. So 
I appreciate I appreciate you uh, as well. They finish each other's sandwich. sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your what's your worst day then? What's a bad day look like for you then? Man, working with you is a struggle every day. <laughs> daily. So, daily. Daily. Yeah. No, it is it is hard to work with people that aren't like me, right? If you just want to brainstorm and and conceptualize or think about what it's going to be like in 10 years, I'm not your girl. Like yeah. that's that's not me. That actually takes a lot of energy from me. Yeah. It's kind of cool to think about where you want to go in the next two years. I can get behind that, but if you want to plan out longer than that, I'm probably not your person. Okay. Too, too Noted. Take yeah. note. Take note. I like the language there. It's hard to work with people who are not like me. It is. Yeah. It is. I think people would admit that. That's true. A lot of times people would admit that. Yeah. But I very much enjoy the the team dynamic when you get to do that because I think it makes a better product. It's yeah. a better service, but it is more difficult. Okay. See, there are some hidden takeaways on this. I'm just saying. That's we're, true. We're being really clever right now. Whatever. I can, I can redo the introduction if you want me to. All right, Bethany Taff. We're going to switch gears and go to Bethany Taff now. Thank you, Diana. Bethany, engagement specialist with People Centric Consulting Group. Bethany, tell us your story. Right. Okay. So like everybody, where, where do you really start? But I, so before people centric, I was working and recruiting for a university. Um, and then before that I did like content marketing, working with clients to help them get published online and be a thought leader. And, and I did realize that eventually that that was not the, the route that I wanted to go in my career and recruiting was fine. And eventually I was, you know, looking for a new position. And honestly, I don't think that I was necessarily looking to be a consultant. (laughs) I wasn't really like looking for that opportunity specifically. I was looking for, for a new, a new opportunity, but I didn't know that consulting was even something that I was like considering. So I, I happened upon people centric probably through indeed. I don't even remember now. And I, and I don't even think I fully, to be quite honest, I'm, I don't know if I've told you all this. I don't even think I fully understood what the job was then either to your point before. Probably true. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. It sounds cool. <laughs> and I applied in the, and the more that I like talked to them, by the way, I had to talk to all four of them. There was another Bethany on the team and I had to talk to every single person on the team individually over like a four week span. So they really wanted to, you know, vet me, I guess, yeah. which was great. And if it I remember was, correctly, yeah. you were actually on vacation whenever I talked to you. Yeah. And my feedback, I said, it sounds like she's double fisting a cup of coffee, just wearing some yoga pants by the lake right now. It's what it sounds like. Cause you're very yeah. comforting to talk. <laughs> and I think we talked about it later and you're like, that might've actually been true. I'm not yeah, sure, yeah. but Bethany has a good way of, of, of sounding coming across comforting to people and which is why she's a great coach that we use her for and uh, with the team too diana i'm sorry i cut you off you were gonna say something well we just wanted you to know what you were getting into because i felt like i didn't quite know so now we're very clear <laughs> yeah, about what really you're good. getting into right <laughs> i had a much i had a very good understanding at the by the time uh, you hired me so so yeah so that's sort of i that was a few years ago now a couple of years ago almost 
now, which is crazy. The time's gone by really fast. And I think, you know, at the beginning, I started, I started down the path. I followed Matt around a lot, actually, at the beginning. He and I spent a lot of time together at the beginning and traveled. And, you know, I was seeing how he engaged groups of people and I was super inspired by him as well. But I also realized quickly that like, I am not like Matt (laughs) and I have a different strength you know, different strengths than him, a different skill set than him. And so I, so I, you know, had to work on navigating, like, how do I show up as an engagement specialist and with my own flair? And so then quickly we had, you know, a pandemic and then we're working virtually. And so that was a whole different, you know, that was a whole different dynamic for our team. So yeah, I don't know where, where else you want me to go from there. I think it's fun. Uh, that's okay. I'll lead you. Uh, okay. But I, I, you know, I think it's funny. Don got to share a Diana story. One of the, one of the stories that I would have of, of Bethany, you know, she was, I'm probably horrible to learn from, by the way, I don't know if we need to change what that looks like, but I'm, I'm probably very difficult to, to follow if you're trying to learn how to do what it is that we do. And I remember Bethany, we were away at a client and I was, I was just facilitating an organic conversation, which we do a lot. What's good. What's not as good kind of conversation where we just want to facilitate facilitate, you know, the heck out of the group and then find, find, you know, hear from them. And we have no idea what they're going to say, but I knew I was probably going to use some flip charts. So before the meeting started, I put the flip charts like around the room. I didn't know why. I didn't know what I was going to do with them. I just thought I'm probably going to work my way over there. And Bethany is taking notes over the process. And Bethany looks, calls me over before the meeting and she said, why did you put those uh, chart? What are you going to put on those flip charts uh, on the wall? And I said, I don't know yet. I don't know yet, but you know, stay tuned. It's going to be great. She was really looking for how are we going to use this? I'm not sure, but I have a feeling I'm going to just watch, just watch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I I apologize. Yeah, no, it's, that's funny. I remember that, but yeah, I was like, I don't know. So there's not a plan for this yet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Which maybe takes us to our next uh, question here, right? So how do you typically like to work with a client then? What's your best day look like? Yeah. So I, well, and I didn't really answer this in my first question, but I think one reason that I wanted to work with people centric was because I think we've all been in those, you know, in positions in our, in our life where we were just disengaged and we weren't excited about the work that we were doing, or we were really frustrated with how something was going and we didn't know how to interact with our coworkers and we didn't know how to, you know, impact change. And we didn't know how to lead people or things like that. And I, and I, talk to people that, you know, in my personal life without all the time. And I think what I was so excited about with people centric was that like, we get to directly work with that and impact that and help change cultures and help people enjoy what they do. And that's what I was really motivated by. And so with the work that I really enjoy doing, I love the coaching side of it. I love to get to just have those one-on-one interactions with people to help them work through issues that they're having, just to empathize with them, to help opposite of Diane, I guess, but kind of help them brainstorm new ideas that they need to, you know, to help them just discover a path forward. If they're feeling kind of at the end of their rope, like, where do we go from here? Let's strategically think about this. And so I love doing, I love having those kind of conversations. I also really love, I guess that strategic side, like working, like looking at org charts, like I don't know. I get a thrill out of it. (laughs) It's really fun to me. Just give me an org chart. Let me like sort through it and see what's going on here. Yeah. So those are some of the, some, some of the things that I really enjoy doing. All right. So, you know, just like we, oh, sorry, Diana wants to add something. 
I do. I love that you were like, I love to empathize, you know, like the opposite of Diana. (laughs) (laughs) I am the tough love person. If you haven't picked up on that from listening to this podcast, I do love doing that. Yeah. Yeah. See, uh, Bethany and Diana roll into a room together and you're about to have a meeting. You probably know who's going to play what role in that meeting, right? Good cop, bad cop. (laughs) But it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to end better. up, it's going to end up well. So Bethany, what's the other side of that then? What's uh what's a bad day look like then? Oh my gosh. So I feel I had one the other day and I was like, Don, this is, it was kind of what he was saying earlier. Like it was just like meeting after meeting after meeting where it was just like, I felt like we had to have, you know, the difficult, we had to make difficult decisions. We had to, you know, people were frustrated or they're not seeing changes that they want to see as quickly, all of those things. So that's like very, that's really hard for me to go into several meetings and just feel like, oh, they just don't, they're not seeing changes that they want to see, or they continue to be frustrated, or they have to have a hard conversation with somebody. And I just really don't like those days. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. I think we all, I think we all have different parts of it we don't necessarily care for. So I'll interview myself. I could ask you questions, Matt, if you wanted to. If that's yeah, it's not go weird, go ahead. Don. Your question. So, so Matt, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? A ficus. I'll never name? die. What's a ficus is. I'll never die, and you can move me from room to room and house to house. Well, those are those fake trees you put in the corner, right? Isn't that a ficus tree? I'm gonna look it up. I okay. think you're right. Yeah, I'll be with you always. Oh. Yeah. You're going to lead a session of a whole bunch of people like Matt Griswold. We'll call it a ficus group. <laughs> lead a ficus group. A ficus yeah. group. Yeah. No, I, I'll go back to the original. Some of you are going to impact that and get that later. Some of you yeah. are going to take that, that, that pun home with you as a, as a joke. Ficus group. burn. Lead a ficus group. But, so Matt, I mean, tell us a little bit about your story. So let's see. I always like to uh, talk about I came from a very stable work environment. I will say it wasn't wasn't always super rewarding, but it was a very it was the second largest bank of the world. I used to work for JP Morgan Chase. I was a facilitator for them for 15 years. I was in I kind of liked on where it was like, okay, I'm, I'm not opposed to change. I feel like, man, there's parts of my job that I really like. And there's parts of my job I don't really like. I'm not opposed to change, but I'm, you know, I'm not really seeking it, but I'm not opposed to it this is where I was. And again, like Don, long, long standing company, been around for a hundred years, right? 401k is great. Benefits are great. My stability in my job was great. You know, I got to train people and I liked, I liked being in front of people doing those types of things. But at the same time, again, I was open to it. So I got an e- or a text message one morning on a Saturday morning. I'll never forget it. It was Saturday morning, like 6am. Who does that? Who does that to other people? I don't know. But I, I, I rolled over and I looked at my phone and it was a friend who was a mutual friend of, of uh, one of our previous owners there. And it said, Hey, I have a, there, I heard of this company called People Centric. They're describing the person that they are trying to hire. And they said, I think it's totally you. And I said, nothing, because it was six o'clock in the morning on Saturday. And I t- shut, I turned my phone back off and I rolled back over and went to sleep. But then later I got up and then I'm like, People Centric, what is this place? What do they do? What is this thing? I YouTubed, saw the videos of Don, and I, you know, kind of tried to find find out a little bit more about him. I asked some questions. Ultimately, I found out that, man, everything that I like about my job with JP Morgan, you know, I got to lead a mentor program. I got to lead a a job enrichment program to teach people how to be facilitators. I got to lead those things. I loved those parts of my job. And it felt like, 
with people centric, it was all the things that I liked about my other job without a lot of the stuff I didn't like. And so I, I, I thought, okay, after lots of conversations, and again, Don, you talked about your wife was supportive of that. So was mine. My wife was supportive of that going. Yeah. Like we, it, she didn't even think about it really. I mean, it's like, yeah, we let's do it. Like, this is something that I think is right up your alley. And so we, <laughs> Diana, she didn't know your ego was going to explode the way that it did. Otherwise, <laughs> he might have thought differently. <laughs> she probably knew that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, anyway, I made the jump, right? I made the, made the plunge. And then I got to start working with clients. We onboarded people, Bethany, much different back whenever I was hired than, than we do now. And so it was a much different experience. And I remember, you know, all the questions that, that potential, you know, people ask us all the time, like, what is it that you do again? I think I was working there for a couple of months and I was still going, not a hundred percent what it is that I'm doing here, but I think I'm going to be good at it. Those types of things. And so on a personal note, I have five kids. Family's important to me. Camping is our new love. Uh, we love sports. We love, you know, to, to do things, hang out together. It, it, yeah. That's me, I guess, in a, in a nutshell. Which one, which one is your favorite kid? You know, it's it's funny because I, I took this from the introduction that you did. My kids range from nearly 21 to nearly five. Uh, that's the gap. Boy, 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 girl, girl are the two young ones there. And I talk about, you know, all the different things. Don has this great shtick and I kind of stole it about the kids. And then you get down to the youngest daughter, my youngest daughter, you know, she's four. Like I said, she's a horrible suck on resources, really hasn't <laughs> contributed anything to the family yet, but we're hoping that it pays off one day and she's adorable. So yeah, yeah a gaggle of kids. That's what I have. Children are a hor horrible burden for all of us. That's what we like to try to say. <laughs> Except for yeah. Blair, who's joining us right now with Bethany. She's very cute. We right. love Blair. Right. She's fantastic. <laughs> So, so Matt, I mean, you, you came in and you were like starting to feel early on about how great you're like, I think I can do something good here. I think I could be good at my job. Yeah. Like, what is that? Talk about how you like to work. What are the areas that you feel most successful in? I love to be in front of people. I love to work with people. I honestly, one of the things that I like to tell people that I get to do with my job, because we do many, many different things. There's many, many different, different avenues that we can take to be able to do a job. But ultimately, whatever it is that you do, I get to help you do that at a higher level. That's what I do. You know, one of the things that that I got to uh, do with as far as the mentor thing in my previous job there in my previous life was I didn't have to want to do the same things but I knew that they were engaged and motivated to want to do something and my my whole role at that point was to help them achieve that thing that they wanted to achieve and I love that so being in front of people I think it's my my favorite thing I'm having the opportunity to do lots uh, of public speaking we were looking at our calendars earlier and I'm going to be covering a lot of ground here and I get to keynote for the first time. I get to keynote in, gosh, September in Colorado. So uh, I get to do to get to get do that. And so lots of public speaking. The thing that terrifies most people, I think, public speaking is my jam. Uh, I love to be in front of people and I love the interaction with the people too. If I can work a work a group, work groups of people, facilitate those uh, groups of people, I think that's my happy place there. Matt, we were talking about before a story where we were at a conference where I was at a conference and the speaker didn't show up for the conference yeah. and they had a 10 minute break, you know, between speakers and they, they came, the organizers came up to me and one other person said, could you guys fill this next session? It was like an hour long session. Could the two of you just do that? And the two of us got together and we just kind of outlined something and you were like, that sounds like a blast. That sounds oh, like man. so much fun. 
sign me up, man. That would be awesome. Like, well, and, and even for this podcast, we were kind of t- kicking around, like, what do we want to talk about? What do we want to do? And I said, you know, it'd be fun to do a, a topic on because sometimes listeners or other people, they give us things that they, you know, like stump the consultant thing. I love to just take topics out of a fishbowl. And yeah, let's spend some time just hashing that out. Let's just give our thoughts on that. So well, I'm energized. I'm energized by people. And I like to encourage people, motivate people and, and you know, get them unstuck. I think people can hear why you're such a great trainer for Bethany and why you are such a great fit working with Diana from the way that you talk about working there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I said right. that in a joking way, wink, wink. <laughs> so, so talk about like, what's a bad day for you? A bad day for me is maybe, maybe a couple of different things frustrate me. One, when people maybe consistently ask for advice on what it is that they need, that they, that they should do. We talk about it, we come to it and then they just can't get themselves to be able to actually do the things that you want to do, or they might tell you that you're wrong. Then why did you ask me? Uh, those types of things, uh, that, that that's frustrating. And working, like I say this all the time, we have a topic called communication styles and I, I would be empathizer, go-getter, I think is where I would be. Empathizer meaning with people. And I always say the thing, the worst thing you could do to an empathizer is put them in an office all day and you know have them knock out spreadsheets. That sounds like a horrible existence. If I have to do anything like that, that is, te- I would say, quote unquote, tedious behavior, I'm out. I can't, like, even if you send me an email, Diana, that's over two paragraphs long, I'm out. Paragraphs like, I can't. over like 20 words. It's gotta, <laughs> be, a, it's gotta it, be as short and as brief as a tweet or Matt's not paying attention <laughs> to it. That's so good. And most likely I'm probably just going to video call you anyway to find out what it is that you actually need from me. Just use your words. Use your Every words. time. Yeah, that's Matt's kind of famous on our team because he'll call, he'll send you an email for something, and then he'll put it in Teams as a chat, and then he'll yeah. text you, and then I'll call you to see if you got all of those things. Yeah, yeah, I like I like the nonverbals, and so it's probably going to be a video call. But I do that anyway. We went on vacation to the Smoky Mountains, and I video called everybody from our cabin. So I wanted to share the experience with you guys, also. Right? Like we do that. I think we do that anyway on the weekends. Like, and this is another benefit of our team. I think on the weekends, we're sending each other pictures of the things that we're doing with our families and, and stuff. And that's kind of cool. That's cool camaraderie as well. I think that leads to something that's kind of neat that a lot of people are surprised about when they hear about our team is because our jobs have to be so flexible in terms of when we meet with clients. We've got clients that will want to meet with us halfway across the country at six o'clock in the morning or even overnight. Right. Uh, and we've got some clients that want to meet, you know, till late in the evenings or during the day or whatever, but then there's times when there's no client meetings. So we have an open time off policy. So we're pretty flexible about that time, but we definitely do talk to each other. I think Matt, you and I talked, was it Friday night or Saturday that we, we chatted about a client? It might've been Friday night. I think it was uh, Friday night. Yeah. Right before the Memorial Day holiday. So, I mean, we're, we are definitely, uh, we, we do hang out a lot just in terms of like uh, online and chats and things like that. So it seems like we get along pretty well. Maybe you all feel obligated to do that and are looking for a way to get out of that. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, uh, sorry, Diana, go ahead. I was going to say, we, I think we all know that if we don't want to respond, we don't have to, but we kind of like responding to each other and being involved in each other's lives. And we have that yeah. fun, but I do know that if I was just like, I'm not, I don't have time for this or whatever. I don't respond. And that's okay because we will catch up later. I know. I mean, me and Diana, even last week, I think it was like the end of the day, but I was driving home and we just needed to talk about a client. And so we did. And we also, and we, and we just caught up a little bit as well. And so, so I appreciate that, but also like, yeah, to your point, like we, I didn't even respond very much to any of, you know, any of the extra like fun text messages and stuff this week. My daughter was sick, 
But anyway, so we just, so I knew that like, oh, I'm not going to respond this week, but it's not a big deal. They know I still love them. <laughs> yeah. My, my wife just reminded me another one of my flaws is that I like to have things when I want things like now. And so I apologize, team. I apologize if that's how I come across. Thank you. That's what this whole thing has been about. (laughs) It's for the greater good, though. I have motivation. There's a reason for my madness. You know, can I share one other story before I transition? And I want to tell a story on Don because, again, our team is great and we have good, good fun. Don and I, uh, and this is how we we kind of, you know, because it's going to play into my my last piece that I wanted to transition to is at what cost. Because there is a cost of what it is that we, you know, that we sacrifice also being able to, you can't cover that much ground, be available to that many people without having some sort of a cost to what that looks like too. So if you're thinking, man, this sounds like a fun kind of engaging, you know, rewarding career, man, it, it totally is. But let's just, let's be real for a second too, because travel can be extensive, you know, trying to get to the different clients and get to the different places. And also not only with the travel, but each client is super customizable and the different things, you know, what one client wants or what one client needs is different than another client. So our brains are constantly switching from, client to client from, okay, I'm going to do some organ design over here. Oh, I got to do a difficult conversation over here. Oh man, I got to go over here and do a leadership topic or it's always something different, which I love, but it, but it is, it is crazy. And so speaking of travel though, and I'll let you guys talk about and think about at what cost there would you add to that? But speaking of travel, Don and I were, were traveling and this is pre pandemic and uh, it was, I don't remember where we were, man, but we were on the way home and it was dark and we were flying over the greater Springfield area and I had my, <laughs> by the time we get done with, by the time we get done with our trips, by the way, we're kind of like, we still like each other, but we're, we're disconnecting and we are transitioning from work to go home. Right. So when, just to get context, I had put Don, Don, Don had his Bose noise canceling headphones and he, we were sitting right next to each other. And he's, he's like, mine, mine are noise canceling is what he said to me. And and I had mine also, but mine are like skull candy. And I said, Oh, mine are, mine are Don canceling. And I put them on as, as I (laughs) hit the power. So that was where we were, right? This doesn't mean I don't want to talk to you, but these are scientifically designed to block you out. So that's what I'm trying to tell you right now. So we're flying home and it was a long few days that we were with the client and it's nighttime and it's dark and the plane is quiet. And we are on our approach as we are coming into land towards Springfield and we're on the approach and it's super quiet. And my headphones had just died. They just died. So I shut them off. We're almost home anyway. And I put them away and I'm just kind of sitting in my seat, relaxing. Don's were still on and they were still working because Don leaned, (laughs) turned to me and said, we just flew over my house and it was loud enough to where I jumped because I was startled and I'm sure half the plane was asleep before he said that. And we're on a little plane. And he said, we just flew over my house again, like right there. We just right under us. And I said, Don, I said, everybody knows that we just flew over your house right now. Every, the whole plane knows that we just flew over your house. And that's whenever I think it dawned on him that he was yelling on a quiet sleeping plane that to announce that we had just flown over his house. So it's one of my favorite stories that's happened with Don and I traveling. Diana, what were you going to say? I don't understand it either because we had flown 900 times before that. I don't know why he was so like, my house is right there. I don't, it just adds a whole other layer. 
player. Oh, we laughed till we cried about that one. It was so it was so fun. That's one of our favorite stories. Don, there's, you even like that story. There's multiple traffic patterns that fly into the Springfield Airport. <laughs> and you don't always fly where you can like see your house. Like I could see my house. Like you could yeah. this, oh. like you well, could like oh. there's my that's my house right there. I was just excited and I wanted to share the moment. I wanted well, to share the plane was the plane was very happy loudly with everybody <laughs> and it's a plane you're moving fast so you can't like just like casually you know when you get a second i'd like to tell you something like you're yeah. traveling at like 500 miles an hour we needed to know uh, now i get it yeah 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 you got to know like now it startled me and i jumped because was... he yelled at me sitting right next to me so if you were on that plane and also a listener i would love to hear your <laughs> <laughs> even in the back of the plane i guarantee you heard it all right. So I, I briefly talked about at what cost we can touch on that briefly. I talked about, man, travel can be intense uh, sometimes. And we have to switch mindsets from client to client, from team to team, from personality to personality, from, you know, from project to project. What else would you say that people probably need to be aware of before they would jump into something like that? Diana? It's a really emotional job. I think everyone wants to say that business is just business and you don't have to be upset or don't get emotional or whatever. But the fact is, this is people's lives and we have difficult conversations and we get to to help people. But also sometimes those conversations are really hard and it's yeah. some days are very emotionally draining and you go home and hurt and it just, yeah. that's part of it. I love that you said that because we, I mean, we aren't a typical consultant. Like we're not just giving you feedback from afar. We become a part of your team. Like we become a trusted confidant. I think another, you know, thing, the cost thing is we have to be available. I have to, we have to protect our time as much as possible, but I have to be available also. Don, I could think of a call not too distant future where Don and I jumped on a phone call on a Sunday afternoon because these people who we've been walking alongside with had to make a very difficult decision first thing Monday morning and they needed to talk now. We got to be available for people regularly and it doesn't always fit our schedule. And that's another thing that, that I think you just need to be aware of too. There's a lot, you know, we talk about people centric and how people enjoy their jobs and stuff, but we get involved with people who have to get fired. Yeah. And we get involved with people who really don't like their jobs or people who get upset. I asked the team one time, I'm like, how many times in an average week do you hear or see somebody cry? And I think the average answer was, you know, two or three times a week. Yeah. Uh, At least. Yeah, at, at least. Me, I mean, or well, that was mostly yeah, mostly Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually Matt crying, yeah. but I mean, and it's usually Diana who has made him cry. So right, usually right. Yeah. that's that's the connection there. But yeah, it is it is a little bit. I mean, it's you're to get. I, I consider it's very blue collar. Not that we work, you know, with with blue collar workers on only. We work with all different. You know, we're, we're collar blind. We work with all different types of workers. But do you like that? Yeah. That's but good. the the type of work, the, our, our method, our culture is to dive really deep into it, is to have the conversation. So if a frontline supervisor is really struggling with something, we want to be in the middle of that. Yeah. So we're having the conversation. So a lot of times we know the people that are involved, you know, and it's difficult to like fire somebody. I've had people come to me and say, how can you fire somebody and call somebody people centric? And I go back to like what Bethany said at the beginning of this call. It's like, we're trying to help people enjoy their job. Sometimes people need a little extra help figuring out how to enjoy their job and getting promoted to their next opportunity into another job because of the way that they just can't perform. And I say that and people like managers laugh at that. But in those moments, I mean, it's really true. 
I think we have to we have to have those difficult those difficult conversations a lot of times. The other one too, I think that's difficult for us is that we oftentimes have to tell people their babies are ugly. We have to we have to point things that are very difficult. We have to have the difficult conversations. I've told the story many times of a client who literally threw a tantrum and threw things around the office before we came. And having to go to that client, you know, after they did that and saying like, okay, where do we go from here? You just tore up your office, like in front of everybody, where do we go from here? Those are, those are difficult moments. And if you have trouble putting yourself in those moments, it's, it would be hard for you to, to do this kind of a job. Yeah. So I, you know, typically what we do is we go around and we give a tip at the end of this. I think this one's just a little bit different. So I'm just going to ask a blanket statement before I wrap up. This might be our longest podcast, by the way, we've been talking for a while uh, about this, but I think it was actually very insightful. And I like, I like talking about the team. So I'll just say this, you guys are great to work for. I love you all. I don't uh, regret my decision leaving the large bank and being able to come here to this, uh, you know, this uh, small company. And man, I love, I I love what I get to do on a, on a regular basis. And so anybody else have anything to add before we wrap up? It'd be weird if everybody said, nope. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't not say anything now. Did you, hear, did you just hear what I said? Like you can't not say something. Oh no. Well, I was going to say to, to, I mean, you said it basically, but on my, the background of my computer, I made like a desktop background that um, with the quote, can you believe we get to do this? And because I really think that like every day, I think it's so yeah. cool that we get to do the work that we get to do. Oh, and anyways, but I really do enjoy the work that we get to do and I enjoy our team so much. And yeah, I feel really lucky. I know that that people are often speak highly of this team and, um, and ask me even how did you how did you get into this? And so um, it's cool that I get to get to share with them about about it. So thanks, Bethany. Anyone else? Diana? I mean, I'm obviously going to echo everything that has already been said, but this team is, and this job and, and the stuff that we get to do is amazing every day, even though it's very hard. And I don't know what I would do if I wasn't doing this. Yeah, it would. Do. Well, yeah, you're funeral. right. You're right. I would definitely own a funeral home. That's there you go. 100%. That's a whole yeah. nother, that's a whole nother podcast. Whole nother podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I have often thought about like what would happen if people centric wasn't around. And, and I just, I can't imagine a world without it. Yeah. Thanks. The only thing I guess I would add is that, you know, I'm, I am out there looking for any job opportunities anybody else would have just so I could jump to another (laughs) position. No, I'm just kidding. We already have a new venture. We already talked about this. Oh yeah. We're going to be doing some home flipping, I guess. I guess. Well, we are. We are. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Matt and Diana and Bethany are going to be doing that. (laughs) I'm going to be be behind the scenes working on nothing. But yeah, I, I, I think that I recognize when I got into this, to me, it was really about the mission of what we were doing of like helping the organizations and trying to change the world. And what I've realized is that the bigger mission, I think really is internal. You know, one of the things that we've, one of our internal sayings is team client community, that it's really about us first. And I, I think since we've really put that into place, I just, I've felt amazing about every day coming to work with you guys. And it, it is a great thing. And it's, it's easy to stage that, or I think we're staging this for the podcast to put this out there, but it, it's, yeah. it really is heartfelt. And I really do yeah. love you guys. Awesome. I will, I will just, uh, you know, wrap up by saying this. Another thing that makes our job cool is we get to work with all you people. 
right? You, we get to go see some of the cool parts of the country that we wouldn't normally have the opportunity to be able to see. We get to work in different industries. We get to experience so many different cool industries and different professionals and get to work with cool uh, workers for those different companies. And they're, they're all just out there, you know, trying to be the best version of themselves that they can be, make the best company that they can, they can be. And, and man, I think we just thank you all for, for trusting us, uh, you know, being able to work with you all and give us those opportunities to help support you and whatever it is that you're doing. So, I don't know a better way to end it other than to say that. So thank you all for joining us and hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.